Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to week 15 of our look through the book of Matthew, which means we're in chapter 13 this week. And in chapter 13, we get to take a look at, in one way, life made simple. Wouldn't you like life and truth to be made more simple? Well, that's a perfect description in many ways of the ways that Jesus told stories. Jesus told stories called parables, simple stories about how abundant life can happen in your life. And in doing that, he simplifies things down to what's priority, what's really important. In Matthew 13, 34, we're going to see as we read through this chapter, says that stories, parables, were Jesus' main method of communication. And this chapter has seven parables. As we walk through these parables this week, let me just begin by talking about the nature of a parable. The word parable actually means to place alongside. And what Jesus is doing is he's taking a story and he's placing it alongside your life, my life, so that we can see how do I match up to the truth? How does my life match up to the truth of what Jesus wants to do in my life? And this week we're going to talk about how Jesus makes growth more simple, growth made simple, God's kingdom made simple. We're going to talk about in the middle of the week. And then at the end of the week, we're going to talk about good and evil, one of the most complicated questions of all how Jesus makes it more simple. Now, when I say simple, I don't mean simplistic. I don't mean something that is reduced down to nothingness. I mean simple in the way of strength, reduced to the point of understanding, to the point of action. So the first parable that Jesus tells in this list of parables, seven parables in chapter 13, makes growth more simple in our lives. It's a familiar parable, probably one of Jesus' most familiar. Listen to what Jesus taught in verses one down to verse nine. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them many things in parables saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but When the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what had been sown. He who has ears, let him hear. You get this picture. Jesus is in this boat. He's gone off a little ways from the shore, and it creates this natural amphitheater of Jesus in a boat, and this sloping shoreline with all these people sitting, listening to these stories. And you can almost sense Jesus pointing to a farmer up on the hillside, casting seed, and you have these listeners in front of him, all with different attitudes and listening. Some of them are, they're in the warm sunshine. They're disinterested. They're sleepy. Others of them, they have this excitement, this enthusiasm that's going to be forgotten the minute they walk away. Others, they're looking at the cloud and they're worried about the rain. But there are a few. They're leaning forward. They have ears that are intent on hearing what Jesus has to say. This story is about growth and how it happens in our lives, how to have a growth spurt. And what I love about this story is Jesus is teaching us here that growth is to be expected in your life. You plant a seed, you should expect it to grow. If it doesn't grow, something is wrong. You you look at your life, you look at my life, expect, Jesus says, to grow personally. If you're not growing in me, growing closer to me, growing in faith, growing in hope, growing in love, Jesus says something is wrong. So let's just break this down in essence, Jesus is saying as he tells this story to simple terms so that you you and I can get things growing 
in our lives. Now, the simple truth that's behind everything in this parable is that personal growth comes to those who have learned to listen. Those who have ears to hear, Jesus says, let them hear. You and I, we're going through the same old routine, and all of a sudden, there's a growth spurt that happens in our faith, that happens in our life. What happened? What caused that to happen? That where all of a sudden you will try new things. You, you start to achieve new victories in your life. You see things happen in your life that you've been dreaming of for a long time. What brings that on in people, in relationships, in, in churches even? Well, Jesus says it all starts with listening. In this parable, Jesus actually talks to us about what causes our growth. Three things that stop our growth and three things that start our growth. During these next few days, We're going to be looking together at those things that stop our growth and that start our growth, beginning today with the first of those things that is a a growth stopper in our life. The first thing that stops your growth, Jesus says, I would say it this way, it's familiarity. It's becoming too familiar with the truth so you don't apply, you don't listen to the truth. Now, I love this parable because not only does Jesus tell this parable, but later he explains this parable down in verse 18. So we get to listen to Jesus' explanation of exactly what he was saying. He doesn't always do that, but he does do that here. So in verses 18 and 19, Jesus says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So you get this picture of a hardened path and the seed can't make its way in. It's the hard soil. Pathways through the fields, hardened by thousands of footfalls and hoofbeats and wagon wheels. And this seed has no hope of penetrating a person's heart. Hard people with hard hearts, thousands of experiences, thousands of actions and decisions which have hardened your heart to hearing the truth. What happens is it all becomes familiar. You feel like I've heard it a thousand times before. Your life gets to be all in neat little boxes and you want it to stay in those neat little boxes. And your heart becomes hardened to new ideas, to new directions, to new growth. This can happen and, as Jesus says here, keep you from becoming a believer, keep the truth from ever getting into your life. It can also happen in the life of a believer and keep you from growing as a believer. Toynbee said that familiarity is the opiate of the imagination. It's like a a killer drug to our imagination, just doing the same thing over and over again because we become content with what is and growth gets stopped dead in its tracks. Now, what creates familiarity in our lives? Let me share with you the three of the primary culprits that create the sense of familiarity that keeps me from growing. One is hearing without responding. You hear God's truth. You go and you hear a sermon week after week. You hear something important to do. You even have a sense of something important to do, but you never do anything about it. That creates a sense of familiarity with the good news, the truth of God. And after a while, what once was challenging, it just starts to be familiar. It's that old phrase, if we don't express what's impressed, we get depressed. And sometimes we feel depressed spiritually in our relationship with God because we haven't done what God's already asked us to do. It's hearing without responding. It's also acting without thinking, allowing tradition to become to rule your life. Why are you doing what you're doing in your life spiritually? Are you doing it because you did it yesterday or are you looking towards tomorrow? Some people, the only reason they go to church this week is because they went to church last week. They never think really about worshiping God. They're just doing what they did before. So how can you begin to act in a way that has thought to it, what you want to be doing in your life? When you pray, for instance, at a meal, instead of praying the same rote prayer again and again and again, next time, even if you pray the same prayer, think about the words that you're praying. Think about it. That 
creates a new sense of relationship with God. That breaks you out of the mold of familiarity. A third thing that creates familiarity is declaring without doing. Declaring it to others without struggling to do it yourself. That is a great trap, I have to admit, in my own life for teachers, for preachers. It's a lot easier to say the truth than it is to live the truth. And nothing creates growth-halting familiarity quite so quickly as saying to other people, this is what you should do, without first saying, is this something I'm willing to do? Now, Jesus says here, the fault is in the familiarity, the hardness of the soil. And there's a warning here. Stop blaming the birds, the birds who come and eat this seed. Jesus says, stop blaming the birds when the problem is with the ground. The problem isn't the things that have become familiar to you. The problem, Jesus says, you have to admit, is your own heart. Your heart has been hardened by not responding, by not doing, by not acting. Hebrews 3.15 says, today, if you hear God's voice speaking to you, don't harden your hearts against him, as the people of Israel did when they rebelled against him in the desert. Today, that's the solution. What are you going to do today? What has God asked you to do that you can act on today? That's what begins to open your heart to a new, new growth in your life. Not what am I going to do next year? What do I need to do next month? But what today can you do to be obedient to God? Let's pray together. Our Father, we pray that you'd lead and guide us. That through your word, even what we've heard now, you'd help us to replace some tradition, something we've done again and again and again, with a thoughtful action. You'd help us to begin to act in some of the ways you've already asked us to act. Bring them to mind right now, Lord, we pray. And then help us to act on those things. Not tomorrow, not next week. Give us the faith to act today, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to look together at two additional things that stop our growth. 